Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And indeed, we are live today. I'm being. <laughs> and being, yes. And, well, can you believe it? We are already on the sixth episode of Intelligent Femdoms that's brought to you by the Supreme Femdoms and Talk Show. And guess who I am? <laughs> that's not too hard to guess. I'm Mistress Isabel. And here with me, of course, who else would it be? My partner in crime, Miss Lilith. Hello, lovelies. <laughs> How are you today, Miss Lilith? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Miss I'm fabulous too. It's a beautiful day outside. Yes. Oh, Summer's not here. here. It's actually oh. humid here, but it means I get to sit around in a pair of you know spanky shorts and a bra. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you go down to get the mail like that too? I do. Okay. Um, Flip-flops or heels? Um, Generally, when it's just to get the mail, it's a pair of flip-flops. Okay. But, you know, every so often I will put the heels on to Mm -hmm. take a walk. Mm -hmm. See, so now you know why we're the supreme femdoms of intelligentfemdoms.com and entitledbitches.com. Because we are what we are. And because of today's topic, we're going to give you some other featured sites. That's right. We're going to throw a few more crumbs your way. You can zoom over to sissytrainingcamp.com and sissyfinishingschool.com. And guess who you'll find over there? Yep, us. Uh, (laughs) Because we rule the web. (laughs) So there's a few more for you to bookmark. So anyways... Today, on Talk Show, we're going to be discussing feminization to transgender. Yes, the true heroes and heroines of the transgender movement. And of course, we want you to slip into something sexy. Get glitzed and glammed up. Grab that red lipstick and a cool drink and sit down and listen. But, of course, (laughs) before we get started, we have to do our disclaimer for all you naughty little sluts out there. You can almost hear the eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The eye roll and the (sighs) that. Yes, Mm -hmm. the technicalities of it. Yes. So remember, when listening or joining in on our shows, they tend to be a little bit sexy, racy. They go all the way to explicit, so you have to be 18 to 21 in some jurisdictions to attend, listen, or download. And yes, for sure now you can find us on iTunes. If you can't find us anywhere else or download from our little player or find us on Talkshoe, go to iTunes. We're there too. 
And if you're not of legal age or you're offended by topics of girly nature, we want you to just tuck your skirt between your little legs (laughs) and hightail your little booty right on out of the room. So, with that said, Mistress Lilith, do you have some things you want to talk about? I do. I mean, I know last week we said we were going to be discussing CBT this week. And, you know, trust me, little pain sluts, we'll get to it. We pushed it back a week because (laughs) we can. And because transgender right now is a super hot topic because of the revealing of Miss Caitlyn Jenner. Um, So now, you know, I did get a little bit of backlash from my blog about Caitlyn Jenner on Sissy Training Camp, but if you actually read it and not just the headline, then you understood what I was trying to say. I understood it perfectly. Well, you have to actually read. You know, a lot of people, they read headlines, (laughs) they get mad based on the headline, but then don't actually go to read it. So then they make their opinions based on the headline, which, well, you know, that's fine. That's fine, but you know, some people come up with juicy headlines, and you get to the article, and it doesn't even pertain to the article, but you read that juicy headline, and you zoom right over there to see what they're writing about, and it's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) For sure. So, I mean, I I would like to congratulate Miss Jenner on, you know, making her steps to becoming a woman and, you know, completely coming out. Obviously, anyone that can step outside in a pair of high heels and some red lipstick is someone to look up to. It does take courage. It does take bravery. Okay, but can I interrupt you right there? Sure. (laughs) I think (laughs) you and I have similar views on this particular topic. Okay, well, first of all, okay, I still consider her um, a man in high heels with lipstick and a lot, a lot, a lot of facial surgery, okay? Because guess what? She still has the wing of dingling, okay? Yeah, and she's gone on record in an interview to say that she doesn't actually want to get rid of it. So what does that really classify her as? An attention whore, a media whore, just like all the Kardashians that she's involved in. And that's what I'm. (laughs) Yeah, that's all she really is. Okay, that's all she really is. They do everything for the spotlight. You know, obviously that wedding that took place was a big deal. Well, I guess he needed his attention too, and only the girls are getting the attention. So why not become one of the girls? You know, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. But, I mean, it stems back from even, you know, way back when he got that Olympic gold medal. You know, he was dressing up and stuff. I mean, I was reading, I guess it was some of that Vanity Fair interview, and he was playing in the closet with dresses and stuff, like, way back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a boy that just simply enjoys wearing girls' clothing. You know, we've got lots of those. No, there's but, nothing wrong with it. But, but coming don't out, pretend to be something you're not. Exactly. Or the acclimates or just because you have a house payment to make. You know, and I don't I don't have a problem with her or people being transgender at all. You know, I love... Oh, well, I don't either. Yeah, that that's not my problem. My problem is she's not using it. She's not using her fame and notoriety 
as a platform to elevate the transgender community. No, she is not. And I clicked on something yesterday, and it took me to some website where she's, you know, now a spokesperson for some facial cream if you want your face to look like hers. Oh, BS. Okay, she sunk probably 50 grand or more to make her face look like that. She is 65 years old, honey, not 35. (laughs) Okay, she sunk a lot of money, and it wasn't some cream out of the bottle that did it, trust me, okay? Because even even my penis foreskin cream that I put on my face... doesn't make me look 20, okay? So that's all I'm going to say. Well, it's not going to happen. I mean, she's got an unlimited supply of of funding. Of money, yeah. And, I mean, good, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, she should be using her position to encourage and open up discussions, and yet all it's doing is breeding hostility. And in her interview, she says she's doing it like that um that documentary that's going to come out. She's doing it to pay her fucking mortgage. And I I think that's awful. Huh. I mean, good for her for coming out, but shame hmm. on her for not doing something with it. Like when yeah. I was younger, you know, and maybe this is just us dominant women. This is just the way we think. You know, my mom used to tell me as a woman, when we reach the top of our success ladders, whatever that may be, it's our duty and obligation to reach back and help others up. I mean, the girl right. I mean, the girl can make her money, but she needs to help others too. Yes, and okay, what about all the transgender girls, okay, who are going through this who can barely pay their rent? They can't have all that facial surgery done. They can't have all that labia. Or wait, she hasn't even had that, excuse me. No, okay, she, but you they, know, they just, still can't have it done, and they would okay, love the, to. Right, the boob jobs, the clothing, getting on Vanity Fair, getting, you know, famous photographers to, you know, come recognize her. I mean, these poor other transgender girls are suffering you know, backlash, humiliation, and everything like that. And, you know, nobody's going and running to them and putting them on covers of, you know, Vanity Fair to where they can make money to further themselves. So they do it to somebody who's already famous, and it's like, what is she giving back? Absolutely nothing. And these people that are hurting, because we we talked to and counsel several transgender people, and they're hurting. They would love to be able to be out of the bodies that they yes. were born with and into the body that they know they belong in. And, you know, shame on her. Shame on Caitlyn yes. Jenner. I will say, <laughs> on the upside, Caitlyn does look better than Bruce. <laughs> you know, she looks better than Bruce. Okay, I'll give her that. <laughs> we'll but, give her an inch. <laughs> but that look... I don't know. You know what? I hate to say it, but I just want to slap her across the face. <laughs> yep. Maybe, you know what? Maybe, and here I go, I'm going <laughs> to step on into the world of, oh, did she really just ask that? Maybe her Audi can't become an any because it's a little too small and they don't have enough to work with. <gasps> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you have to have enough to be able to to do all that in tucking, tucking in and all that meat. Uh, oh, my God. Okay, well, so think about it. Okay, so uh-huh. you and I, we're not, like, 
a bucket celebrities, not just not yet anyway. <laughs> but we do, you know, we do have this show, and it kind of serves as a platform to, you know, inform and encourage when it comes to femdom. Why can't she That's use true. the same platform? Why is it always the normal people? That are, I don't know if we can really say we're normal, but why is it always the non-A-listers that tend to want to reach back and actually help out the communities? That's true. That's true. So, with that said, there actually are transgender men and women out there that are true pioneers and heroines for their actual bravery, paving the way for future generations and opening up dialogues. People like Lily Elb, Christine Jorgensen, Renee Richards, Marcy Bowers. I mean, we could go on and on about the actual people that you should be looking up to. And, you know, I kind of um, take like a motherly role with our sissy trainees and feminization lovers because just like teenage girls that are always looking at the celebrities. Looking up, yep. Yeah, they're looking up to people. Well, these are the women. If, you know, that's, that's your goal in life, these are the women that you should be looking up to. That's true. I agree with you. I agree with you. See, this is why we this is why we work, Miss Isabel. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And so, you know, let's tell them about some of these pioneers, like Lily Elb. Okay, she was born in. Are you ready for this? 1882, and she died in wow. 1931. Okay, so transgender goes back to the 1800s. She was a trans not in the public eye. She was a transgender woman, first identifiable recipient of sexual reassignment surgery. Okay, so somewhere between 1882 and 1931, she had the surgery. That's she was born. Hmm? That's a huge step for that whole community. Absolutely, it was. Um, she was born in Denmark as Enar Mogens Wegener. Okay. Lily's better. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was a successful artist. And she also presented at Lily, as Lily, L-I-L-I, but sometimes she even spelled it L-I-L-Y, and was publicly introduced, get this, as Enar's sister. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so I guess they kind of had to buffer it back then. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as soon as she made the legal name change, she quit painting. And, um, okay, so Wegener met Gerda Gottlieb at the Royal Danish Academy of Fine Arts in Copenhagen, and they married in 1904, when she was 22 and Gottlieb was 19. The two of them, they worked as illustrators, Um, and Wegener specialized in landscape paintings, while Gottlieb did the illustrations for illustrated books and fashion magazines. Now, they traveled throughout Europe, Italy, France, um, eventually, you know, settling in Paris in 1912, where Wegener could live openly as a woman, okay, and Gottlieb could be an active lesbian partner. All right, so then... Wegener started dressing in women's clothes, um, 
And one day was filling in for Gottlieb's absentee model. She was asked to wear stockings and heels so her legs could substitute for those of her model. Now, what happened was Wegner felt surprisingly comfortable in the clothing, and over time, Gottlieb became very famous for her paintings of beautiful women. Well, it was actually the beautiful woman with haunting almond-shaped eyes dressed in chic fashions. Now, guess who that was? Okay. But in, like, 1913, the unsuspecting public was shocked to discover that the model who inspired Gottlieb's depictions of petite femme fatales was, in fact, Gottlieb's wife, Elb. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah. So anyways, in the 1920s and 30s, Elb regularly regularly presented as a woman attending various festivities. She was entertaining guests in her house. Um, (laughs) And one of the things she liked to do was to disappear, wearing her modeling fashions into the streets of Paris in the throngs of revelers during the carnival. Only her closest friends knew that she had transitioned, and to others, Elb was introduced as Gottlieb's sister when she was dressed in her female attire. Can you imagine keeping all this, like, secret and having... A lot of work. (laughs) And she's in Paris. You know, the point of fashion, like the birth of Mm -hmm. fashion. Right. But apparently she was very, very (laughs) good with fashion, okay? Clearly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, then in 1930, Elb went to Germany... Now, this surprises me, too. Germany was doing sexual reassignment surgery. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess around that time they had some, I don't want to call them crazies, but that's kind of what it is, right? Because in that day Mm -hmm. and age, it's kind of like a Frankenstein surgery almost, right? It was experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it was experimental because it took five operations over a period of two years. Oh, goodness. Yeah. First, the first surgery, they had to remove the testicles, um, and that was done under the supervision of sexologist Magnus Hirschfeld in Berlin. And then the rest of Elb's surgeries were carried out by Kurt Warnacross, a doctor at the Dresden Municipal Women's Clinic. Then... The second operation was to remove the penis and transplant ovaries. Okay, now I don't even think they do that part anymore. I, I don't think so. No, but but okay. So they she had the transplant of the ovaries, which were taken from a 26-year-old woman. Okay, then those were removed in a third and then fourth operation because of rejection and serious complications. Now, by this time, with all these surgeries, her case was already a sensation in the newspapers in Denmark and Germany. And the king of Denmark invalidated the Wegener's marriage in 1930, and Elb managed to get her sex and name legally changed, including receiving a passport as Lily Elb. Okay, and then she stopped painting, believing it to be something that was part of the identity of Enar, her brother, 
so after the dissolution of her marriage, she accepted the proposal of an unknown man, which she intended to follow up as soon as she would be able to become a mother. Okay, now how so she was going she... all in. Not only did she want to be a woman, she wanted to be a mother. The what is but it? But you know what happened? She had in 1931. Okay, this is all experimental because they certainly don't do this anymore. She had her fifth operation, and they transplanted a uterus. Okay, and she was nearing the age of 50. But they implanted that uterus so she could become a mother. And soon after, she died of transplant rejection. So, I mean, look what this person went through. Okay, I know Caitlyn Jenner thinks she's been through all this, sneaking around in her baseball cap with her ponytail. Oh, and that's another thing. You know, she's whacked on all these hormones, you know, creating traffic mishaps, which are killing people. Okay, but that's because she's just, you know, having a meltdown. Look what that woman just went through, Lily went through. Five operations in two years. Yeah, and died at the age of 50. Of transplant rejection. Yep. So there you have it. That's that's a pioneer for you because you know obviously mm-hmm. it's, it's starting the conversation and then she's I mean everybody is somebody has to be first. Mm-hmm. Right. And in this and when, particular instance, she was the first five different times and wound up losing her life over it. Right. And she, you know, she was like the guinea pig. Okay. So that is a true pioneer. Yes. It absolutely is. So then we move on to Christine Jorgensen, which is probably the most famous recipient for sex reassignment surgery, and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that she was the first U.S. Um, trans woman to have um, to have the sex surgery done. So she had hers done in Denmark in late 1952, and of course she was outed right afterwards. She was wow. a strong advocate for the rights of transgender people, so she spoke out against it. She was born in 1926, died in 1989, and she's seen as the first American transgender woman to be widely known in the United States for having the gender reassignment surgery. Now, Jorgensen grew up on our side of the pond. You know, She grew up in the Bronx. A boogie-down Bronx girl. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Shortly after graduating from high school in 1945, she was drafted into the U.S. Army for World War II. And after her service, she attended several schools. She worked and around the time heard about transitioning surgery. So So she actually was in the military. Yes. Wow. Which is a very, you know, a, a very masculine thing. Right. Even yes, we do have men and yeah. women in our military, but World War Two, it's kind of a boys' well, world out there. Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking forty, late forties and fifties. That's hush, hush, hush stuff. Right. Yeah. So she traveled to Europe, and in Copenhagen, Denmark, obtained special permission to undergo a series of operations, starting in 1951. So we're looking at what 20 years after the first 
surgery 20 yeah. years later, and she has to acquire special permission. You can't just go in and say, right. hey, chop this off, I want a vagina. Like, it doesn't work right. like that. So you do have to kind of out yourself to courts and plead your uh, case. And it's here's here's another word again, series of operations. It wasn't uh-huh. just one operation. Wow. It wasn't just a couple of sessions of Botox. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some feminization, scraping, and sculpting. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so after her transformation, she returned back to the United States and was the subject of the New York Daily News. She <laughs> made the front page story. She became an instant celebrity, and guess what? She used her platform as a celebrity to advocate for transgender people and became known for her directness and polished wit. She was classy, she was direct, and she was using her notoriety to be heard. To help others. Mm. Yes. Yes. She also worked as an actress in a nightclub and she entertainer and she recorded several songs. I mean, she wasn't hiding. She was living in in the spotlight. Good for her. And she was doing some good, too. Yeah. She influenced other transsexuals to change their sex on their birth certificates and to change their names. She's saying, hey, you were born, born a girl, but you feel like a man. Let's get that changed. Or you feel like a, you know, you were born female, or you were born male, but <laughs> feel like a female. Right. Let's change get it. that changed. Right. And her case is significant because for the first time, it led to conversations about the complications over sex and science and changing the definition of sexuality. I mean, gender was thought of as, you know, as binary where you were only male or female. Uh-huh. One or the other, there's yeah. no gray areas. Black thing seeing things in black and white. Right. And that was permanent, but Jorgensen, she questioned that stability. This case is an example of something that undid gender binaries that were thought to be permanent. Gender was not the set binary as people once thought it was. And doctors were starting to redefine gender with the term psychological sex. So that's where that term started coming in. And it showed that psychologically, one might not relate to your biological sex. And Jorgensen was an example of this. Her sexuality was not a result of her biological sex. The question of what determined sex emerged and the spectrum of sexuality identity included, you know, including chromosomes and genitalia and bodily actions. The spectrum was just no longer clear. She was blurring those lines, and she was very vocal about it, encouraging people to be who they felt they were. And obviously the topic was and still is complicated overall. Doctors trying to define and reclassify sexuality, but it doesn't come easily. No, it it doesn't because I mean, I don't do they really know the answer to that? No. And you know, they they've tried to distinguish transsexuality from transvestism and homosexuality, but at the same time try to <laughs> decontextualize them to make it simpler for people to understand. It's such a complicated 
thing, but they're still trying to simplify it down to explain to people, and sometimes you just can't. That's true. You know, so gender norms were questioned, and Jorgensen reinforced what it meant to be a woman despite her original sexuality. She took on the notions of femininity, and she saw herself as a founding member in what became known as the sexual revolution. Pioneer woman. Uh, <laughs> pioneer woman. Pioneer there woman. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's two. Okay. That's two. And they're two very large ones. Yeah, they were, you know, in the past, but you got to start somewhere. And, hey, she became a celebrity and was still very vocal about it. And it wasn't all about her. She was trying to help other people. No, that's true. And then, okay, um, anybody who knows anything about becoming transgendered and going through the sexual reassignment surgery, there's also Dr. Marcy Bauer, a.k.a. Dr. Mark Bauer. You can look him up on Google Images before and after. A pioneer in the field of transgender transitional surgery and the first known trans woman to perform these types of procedures. So after practicing in Trinidad, Colorado, um, which, I, I mean, this might surprise a lot of you, but Trinidad, Colorado is known as the sex change capital of the world due to the high number of surgeries performed there. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And um, apparently she's performed a whole lot of them there, but, I mean, she did end up moving her practice to San Mateo, California in um, 2010. Um, And we're not keeping out the female-to-male transitions, um, but here's something that I just read yesterday because I don't know why this popped up. But it was like Chaz Bono, a.k.a. Chastity Bono. Whatever happened to her? Do you know? Mm. Well, guess what? She's pregnant. Oh. <laughs> Chaz Bono, okay, um, went through, I guess, like, you know, the removal of mammary glands, you know, to get rid of the breasts and, you know, went through the testosterone injections to shrink everything or the in, or the estrogen injections to shrink everything and block no wait a minute, no, she went opposite. She wanted testosterone because she was going from female to male, excuse me. Anyways right. See, it's she, a little complicated, a little fuzzy yeah, there it from time to time. <laughs> um and I mean, she definitely looks better as a guy than she did a girl. Let's face it. But and she's had a long time partner for a long time, right? Okay, well, mm-hmm. she's one who didn't have the surgery either, and she came up pregnant. Mm. So Chaz Bono is having a baby. That's. That's going to be interesting to read about. (laughs) Yes. Okay. That one will be a fun one to follow. So, yes. So throw that one on the pile. And also Michael Dillon. Um, Dillon was the first person known to have transitioned both hormonally and surgically from female to male. That's something you don't hear a lot of. Um, 
I don't know. You know, I've never really done a lot of research on that, um, but maybe we should. Um, then there's Diego Sanchez, who's another hero of the transgender community. He worked tirelessly in the LGBT community before he became the first trans person to hold a senior congressional staff position on Capitol Hill. Now, can you imagine what he went through? <laughs> in politics? I mean, they don't in politics like, on they Capitol don't like Hill? They don't just, you know, straight and narrow. can't imagine if you got, you know, you're completely outside what society considers the norm. No kidding. And on Capitol Hill, no less. Okay, and in December 2008, um, he began working for Representative Barney Frank, um, who's a Democrat from Massachusetts, tracking LGBT health care veterans and labor issues. And then, continuing on with the sexual revolution, Sylvia Rivera is described as the Rosa Parks of the modern transgender um, movement. A veteran of the 1969 Stonewall Uprising, um, and someone claims that she threw the first heel, Rivera fought for... (laughs) (laughs) I think the first high heel is what they're talking about. Rivera fought for the rights of all queer people, okay? Not just those who fit into more hormonative molds, okay? Rivera founded Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR. It's a radical group that did everything from marching to setting up crash pads as alternative to the streets. Okay, so in other words, what I think they did was they got into, you know, they would do marches and stuff like that, and then they would, like, set up crash pads so people couldn't even march and get through um, so anyways, so today, the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, which works to guarantee that all people are free to self-determine gender identity and expression, regardless of income or race. Hello, Caitlin. How come Hello. you could do something like that? See, and that's something that's huge because being transgender, you want to change, and that's a very, very mm-hmm. expensive and emotionally trying experience. Yes, and Sylvia also has Sylvia's Place, which is a New York City emergency homeless shelter, okay? And trust me, you need those for LGBT youth. Um, Both, you know, exist in honor of Rivera's life and work. So, I mean, there's there's another pioneer that, I mean, you know, suffered, who marched, who was tenacious in what she believed in. And it wasn't about creams and, you know, lipstick and my pretty little bustier. (laughs) Yeah. The highest bidders and... Right, exactly. And then there was um, Louis Graydon Sullivan. Um, He was born in 55, died in um, 91. He helped out not only the transgender community, but the gay community as well. And in 1976, he, um, he began applying for sexual reassignment surgery, but he was rejected because he identified as gay. 
at that time in the 70s, female to gay male transsexuality was not recognized by the medical psychotherapeutic establishment as a legitimate form of gender dysphoria. Okay, That's so strange to me. Like it's it's kind of a strange thought. Like, are you gay? Well, are you okay? So you're female. You want to become male. Are you really gay if you're still interested in men? Or, you know, vice versa, if you're male right. or female, are you really gay? I mean, there's that's those blurred lines. <laughs> well, no kidding. And see, so he kept fighting and fighting um, these, you know, campaigns to get homosexuality removed from a list of objections, which served to keep interested candidates from, you know, undergoing the surgery. And finally, in 1986, he obtained the genital reconstruction surgery. And that same year, he organized FTM, the first peer group devoted entirely to male-to-female transsexual and transvestite individuals. So, I mean, okay. Now we've got a support group. Exactly. Okay, there's some more support positive things that somebody is doing, a trailblazer in the community. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. And then we've still got, you know, we've got some more, you know, state and local government positions held by transgender men and women as well. There's Kim Koko Iwamoto. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Wow. 2006 was elected to a position on Hawaii's State Board of Education. Okay, Board of Education. <laughs> okay. And became, at the time, the highest elected transgender official in the United States. She re-ran for, yeah, she re-ran in 2010 and won again. Okay, see, and that's a transgender person. Hmm, yeah. Look at that. So then we've got... Stu Rasmussen. Rasmussen became the first transgender mayor in the United States when he was elected to the office in Silverton, Oregon, in November 2008. Oregon, wow. They're pretty progressive there. That is. That's extremely progressive. And he writes on his website, this is something that I think we're going to go put up on our blog, but I just happened to be transgender, something I didn't even know the word for until I discovered it on the Internet. I've been a cross-dresser or a transvestite my whole life, only, quote-unquote, coming out recently and thereby discovering that life goes on very nicely. Which I think wow, is I like that. It's very powerful and very beautiful, saying, you know what? Yep. Life is still going to go on. I now have a name for it. Oh, well, that's fine. I am who I am. I am who I am, yeah. And life's been good and it's going on very nicely, so can we get back to what we're doing here? Right, let's go focus on other things. And I, I love that. I think that is a very strong statement. That is a very okay. strong statement. Very now, strong. For, <laughs> for you attention whores out there, on the entertainment side, we've got Buck Angel. Buck Angel was the world's first female-to-male porn star. Angel works as an advocate, educator, a lecturer, a writer. And in 2007, Angel won the adult video... Wow, um, ABN. Yes, Transsexual Performer of the Year Award, and was written into Armistead Maupin's Michael Tolver Lives. 
one of the novels in the Tales of the City series. And he's spoken around the country, made several appearances, wow. including an appearance at Yale University in 2010. So that's well, a, how amazing. That's a huge thing, female to male porn star. And I don't mean to put down the males in the porn industry. They said, as a woman, you get paid substantially better than a male. So, obviously, she wow. was definitely male if she wanted to make that transition. Well, that's a real statement right there. Yeah. It wasn't wow. about the money, obviously, right? <laughs> obviously, it wasn't about the money, Caitlin. Okay, so we've got some athletes, too. We've got Kaya Looms who is the first openly transgender athlete to play in the NCAA Division I college basketball. He was shooting guard on the um, George Washington University women's basketball team until when he decided not to play anymore. So they didn't kick him off because he was transgender. Wow. He just decided not to play, and now he's busy being a motivational speaker about his life around the country, sharing his story and moving on, you know? Wow. We've also got Renee Richards, an ophthalmologist, author, former professional tennis player. This one, okay, because Bruce Jenner was an athlete, right? Right. So after transitioning in 1975, she was banned from playing in the U.S. Open by the United States Tennis Association because only biological women were allowed to participate in the tournament. Richards fought that ban, and in 1977, the New York Supreme Court ruled in her favor, and she continued to play until 1981. Yay, New York. Tell them how there it's you go. done. And yeah. Bruce Jenner is worried about why he can't hang out on the boys' side of the country club. So. <laughs> wow. So then we move to the pop culture circuit. Okay, so we're we're covering all of you, all of you transgender Every people out there. Bit of you. We, yeah, yep. you know you don't want to listen to the politics people or the people that have been long gone. Well, we've got athletes and we've got some pop culture. Lucas Silvria, lead singer of the band The Clicks. They made history as the first band with an openly trans male leader signed by a major record label. And in 2000, oh, wow. And that's a big deal. And in 2009, he made history as the first trans man to be voted Canada's sexiest man by readers oh, of the Canadian Canada. music magazine Chart Attack. Wow. If that doesn't say something for progressiveness and moving forward and <laughs> being accepting like sexiest man and they're trans. that's like huge that's a huge step and we've got isis kink okay that one's more recently in fact i've seen isis kink because i you know it's kind of a guilty pleasure i have to watch this show but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah she's the first and so far the only trans model featured on america's next top model and she was featured on both the 11th and 17th cycles on the show are you serious she was on america's next top model yes she did pretty decently too okay 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's something that's even more, you know, quote-unquote relevant, (laughs) somebody to look up to. Well, that's true because, you know, lots of transgender men and women really, uh, you know, I mean, they are there to look up to. I mean, you can't help but look up to them, okay? These are the ones that did it for themselves and then turned around to help other boys become girls. You see, they were there with their hand to give them their hand up and yep. help them. And they, much, they helped them. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's much like we do with our feminization callers, whether you identify as a transgender, sissy, a feminization lover, or, well, <laughs> and just as a boy that likes to wear bras and panties. Mm, <laughs> we like you, too, Thank little you. panty boys. But, you know, it makes me think of something. Do you ever wonder, either during a call or afterwards, if any of these pioneer trans women had a mistress whispering in their ear, pushing them to go for the goal and become the woman they've always dreamed of being? (laughs) Do you ever think of that? I think it's a fair question, you know. Well, it was, okay... Like who, who was giving them their support, especially in the 1800s? Well, for Lily, I mean, she was being drawn as a femme fatale. I can't help but think that um, her wife there. (laughs) Maybe, I guess, yeah. Was probably, you know, coaching a little bit and being, well, obviously she was very supportive. You know, she, she knew about it and she was supportive. And But that's only one person. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, think how hard it was then, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I it's mean, still, like, it's more widely accepted today, but it's still, you know, obviously the media likes to sensationalize goddamn near everything. But I do think yeah. it's more acceptable today than it was, you know, in the 1800s. Oh, definitely for sure. Definitely for sure. I mean, back then, I can't even imagine it, you know? No. I mean, I mean, geez, it'd be like, wow. But but you know what? They did it. They pushed forward. They forged ahead. And, you know, those are the past and present pioneers of the transgender community bringing it all into the spotlight and, well, making sure to leave a footprint large enough for others to follow if they choose to do it. Um, And they're not, like I said, they're not just doing it for attention, Mm -mm. Caitlin. I wonder if she'll listen to our podcast. Uh, Maybe if we send it to Yahoo and say an open note to Caitlin Jenner. (laughs) Yeah, or maybe we could send it to that company that she's doing all all the advertisements for, what is it, LaBelle or something? I can't even remember I can't what even it remember. is. So I shouldn't even say it, but yeah, oh my <laughs> God, yeah, hurry up and line up and get your free offer today because they're going fast. And guess what? You'll look just as beautiful as her. See, that's another thing is how they get away with that kind of stuff and tell a poor transgender person who, you know, needs the feminization surgery facial and they can't afford it at this moment. And then to sit there and give them false hopes with this cream and stuff, you know, that's going to, you know, shave 
30 years off your life and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God. that's You know, to me, that's a travesty. And, yeah, that shit doesn't even work for, you know. It doesn't even work for us, though. It's not going to work for a trans woman. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's like, well, there's just, you know, some more stuff. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't support... I don't support Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> I don't care about her transformation. I'm actually... Well, I think it's sad. You know, I guess I just... I look at our, you know, our boys that want to be girls, and I'm just, you know, my heart kind of breaks for them because I know a good handful of them want... You know, it's more than just dressing up, and it's more than just... Mm-hmm a play thing to them. They want to go out. They want to have those surgeries. And it's it's numerous surgeries, ladies and gentlemen, okay? It's it's not an easy in and out. You've got a, you know, who is it? Dr. Christine McGinn. She's a popular one, too. She's Oh, yeah. She, was, um, she served in the military or Navy and became this blonde bombshell. Oh, my God, look at her pictures. But <laughs> she is gorgeous and she runs her own clinic now you know basically a full service clinic from hormone therapy to is she in arizona um i think she was at one time Uh, i have to look it up because i was just on her website the other day because i tend to give her website out a lot because i've seen her speak and i've heard her speak and she's been on you know she's an advocate too and uh, she's got like so she has like hormone therapy she does the the actual reassignment surgeries, she does mm-hmm. multiple facial surgeries, she does the one where they, you know, remove the Adam's apple, I mean... Oh, and yeah, she does, the, yeah, the labiaplasty, all that, yep. Yep, and she does the um, the mental health, because obviously there's a mental component to it, and, you know, she talked about how they do what they do. She says it's a very green surgery, so those that are you know, into recycling and stuff they use, which you already have. So they talked about, (laughs) you know, removing the head that becomes the clitoris, and they talked about turning things in and out. And then, you know, not only are you having that all completely removed, but then you get to go home with these dildo-shaped objects. Your dilators. Yeah, that you put in. You start at the smaller one and work your way up so that it doesn't close or anything. It's your toolkit. Yeah, and it's... It yeah. doesn't sound like a fun surgery at all. So if somebody's willing to go through all of that, I know they're brave. Okay, and then I have to bring this up to you. Have you ever looked at the sexual reassignment surgery done on YouTube? I, I've started it a couple times, and mm-hmm. I've never made it all the way through. Okay, well, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> check it out. They're <sighs> hard to watch, and that's why it's like, if you're willing to go through all of that, yeah, you're the one that needs to be on the front cover of things. You're the one that deserves the, you know, the SB awards, and you know, you're the ones that deserve all the acclimates. Whereas Bruce Jenner still has a dick, okay? And yeah, exactly. Soon, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't. Okay, but don't call yourself. Yeah. Okay. Don't call yourself transgendered. Because you're not. Yes. You are not fully transgendered, okay? And you don't have the right 
to say you're fully a woman. And I think, you know, that's what my whole thing with her is, is that, you know, (laughs) it's just more publicity and you're getting away with all this stuff because you have money and you are who you are, you know. Yep, because you're, Uh, what is it, a reality TV show? Because that's where... A reality t- um, TV show whoremonger. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it is what it is. You know, we call it like we see it. I mean, yeah. we do have our attention whore sissies and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, you know what? We can knock them down a peg or two real quickly. Oh, yeah. Where... Maybe that's now, what Caitlin needs to be knocked down a peg. Well, that's what I mean. Right now, you know, everybody's putting her, you know, even, you know, that photographer who did her photo shoot, and the way she talks about, oh, what it took to prepare her photo shoot. Okay, wait a minute. Transgendering is about a photo shoot? I mean, that just, that nauseates me. I can't imagine the photo shoot being much different than a regular fashion photo shoot either i mean i mean you know this is the kind of stuff she's highlighting oh what i've done to prepare for my photo shoot um well why don't you prepare yourself to have your dick cut off and then we might pay attention to you being transgender let's do that photo shoot how's that let's do that one yeah i'm waiting i'm waiting for the uh the sex tape but see when the sex tape comes out and And Caitlin still has a dick. That's going to be under shemale porn. i just throwing that out there. Well, as it should be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. We could talk about this for days, um, days on end. Um, and, you know, this, this topic, it does go deeper. And, well, I guess we could probably revisit it during another segment. Um, I mean... You know, especially after um, after we see what keeps going on with Caitlyn Jenner, like you said, you know, the sex tapes and all that. So maybe we'll revisit this. But for now, we wanted to bring to your attention, okay, the women who were the true pioneers, the true heroes, okay, the women who really deserved an episode for themselves. And those were the women that we discussed today. Yep. The true pioneers, the women who fought hard for all of you, male to female, female to male. Yes. The ones that are heroes, the ones that should be put up on the pedestal, the ones that you should look up to. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure, you know, later on down the road we'll have some fun feminization topics and tips and tricks and things like that but you did yeah we did need to give these women a spotlight we did we needed to sing their praises and give them their accolades they deserved it they did and of course if you're transgender or you're into feminization and are seeking a sissy trainer or someone to set you on the (laughs) right path miss isabel and myself are available by phone you can call Miss Isabel at 855-387-2669 or myself, Miss Lilith, at 855-545-5484. Miss Isabel, 
Make sure to visit our blog, intelligentfemdoms.com, for rates and other ways to contact us, or to leave a question or a comment. And, of course, for this segment, why don't you go take a look at Sissy Training Camp and sissyfinishingschool.com for all of those feminization and sissy training needs. I have to do a shout-out to my girl while yeah. we're still here. Yes, I have to do a shout-out to my brave girl, Serena. Serena, a beautiful name. Yes, Serena Peace, um, who transgendered after living her life taking care of her four children all by herself as a male, taking care of her mother until she passed, and then having the full transition completed. Good for her. I wish we had slapping buttons or something. Living, Living happily in her girly girl high rise in Chicago, being the best girl that she can be. And I'm so proud of her. At, that is fantastic. I love after that. what she's done throughout her whole life, and finally, finally, okay. And I want to tell you, she had a manly man job of manly men. But I won't disclose too much about her on the airwaves. But anyways, to become this beautiful, peaceful Serena now. It's quite an amazing story. Well, maybe, maybe one day one... we can have her on as a guest. You know, I'm going to ask her and see if maybe she'd like that or if perhaps maybe she would let us blog about her. There we go. Yeah, and kind of give her some, yeah, kind of give her some um, some publicity there because, yes, she's a very, very lovely lady. But anyways, I just, before we close the show, I wanted to give her a shout-out, a big hug, and send her lots of love. So there you go. There we go. And next week we will go to CBT. <laughs> Ooh, what does that stand for? Cock and ball torture. I guess you could say transgender. That's kind of, you know, they got a little bit of that because they're chopping it completely off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could, couldn't you? See? Hmm. Cock ball transformation. Hmm. Yes, well, whatever way you want to look at it. We're going to have some CBT fun. (laughs) It's always fun, isn't it? That's true. It is always fun with us, isn't it? Well, Miss Willis, this has been fun as it usually has. Yes, I agree. Yes, and so for all of you out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, and thank you for all the wonderful blog support that we get from you guys and girls. It's much appreciated. Boys and girls and those that don't identify with either. Yeah, that's true, and you know what? Some days I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think with that, we're going to say bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 